Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. Good morning, my friend. So, uh, <clears throat> do you know what this week marks? It's the uh, start of the NBA season, uh, preseason, should I say. Um, Sixers played their first preseason game yesterday. But I just wanted to start it off by, you know, since it's what brought us together together. Um, what do you have as far as predictions for this year? Uh, I'd say there's a one in eight chance that the Sixers win the championship. About mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I think, I think, they're I think one, Vegas they're, pretty much agrees. Yeah, I think they're in that they're in that range. Um. You know, it's nice to see the NBA start right as the Phillies make the playoffs too, right? So Yeah, yeah. Those two things <clears throat> are happening right at the same time. So yeah, didn't know if is, it was uh, uh if it was really uh if we really wanted to bring that up. I yeah, I don't know how I feel about Well they're that, not uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna win anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. They're still good. Yeah, I guess in uh having a baseball, you know, in terms of baseball, yeah, I guess I guess so because so many things can happen, you know. So many they have the potential, they have the the, they the, won, the they hitting won 80, by name. They won eighty seven games, right? So yeah, yeah, you know that that that's a that's a good baseball team. Is it a hundred and ten win team or what? You know, is that like the like that 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 Mariners team? You know, no, um, no. but you don't have to be that good. In, yeah. it's just like in baseball, unlike basketball. Where, you know, the seven game series in basketball evens out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like eh, the teams that win win either because they are a better matchup, i.e., the Hawks versus the Sixers, or they're the better team, i.e., Golden State versus Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's or that's you the got way a that, third one. Don't forget the third one. Uh, the you, best player. You end up, well. Yeah, there's that, but there's also one of the best players just don't show up. There's an odd, eerie, you know, this player who was this, all of a sudden is nowhere near that and clams up and passes the ball to Matisse Thibel under the rim instead of dunking it. And only shoots one shot in an entire game. Once in, fair- in the fourth quarter in the entire series. In uh, fairness yeah, to that Ben. In fairness to like to the, to oh, the Ben's of the world. <laughs> right. I actually think that that's more matchup, right? Like that's more the other team understands how to exploit the player that's on the court. Right. And that, that's fair. and that there w- and that there wasn't an adjustment that could be made. Hey, which is hard. It's hard to make an adjustment when you're playing for yeah, five. Yeah, you know what I mean? But but you know it, that's what you see. Whereas in baseball, you only have to win. You're so the teams are so close in baseball that you really only have to win two games by not luck, but by like getting hot, right? If you win two games by getting hot in almost any series, you're pretty much going to win the series in baseball. And so the Phillies could, you know, they could totally win the World Series, hundred percent, no doubt. They could absolutely do it. Unlikely, very unlikely, but there it's going to be fun. You should tune in, watch some baseball, yeah. enjoy it. You know? Yeah, I guess it's not like the eighth seed in the NBA. That not that team's over. 
AFCs and baseball and even in football have won have won at all. Yeah, in baseball and in baseball, like the you're just it's a you know a three game series. Teams get hot. You you know every team in baseball loses five in a row. Yes, every team every season, which means that the best team going into the playoffs can just lose three in a row, no problem. Yeah, when a slump comes, it comes, and then and then then you're out. You know, so like it's... <laughs> slump comes. There's no stopping a slump when it when exactly. it comes. It's yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, so we got a uh, we we met Omar. This uh, these chapters here, we did. Um, which Man, how interesting? How interesting is it? Like uh, that he was like actively on a crack binge during season two. I like want to watch The Wire all over again. Oh, for sure. To see him acting and living as broken as Omar was. You know what I mean? Like mm. not as broken, but in, in a way as broken as Omar was. I think that's the season where, remember, Omar left, right? I think that that's season four. That's season four. I don't, re- I don't remember. Season, <clears throat> I remember he season was on two a run. Was one... remember, remember he was on a run, and yeah, uh, they went to go pick him up so he can uh, testify in court because he was on a run, and he was like, he had left, like, the Baltimore City area, and he was out in, like, the Boomies. And oh, yeah, I wonder maybe, what maybe season. Yeah, because yeah. if it's season two, maybe, and he looked bad, and he was like, I remember that season where it was like he was barely in it, and the and the one time he was, he was they had went and like hunted him down to testify against Stringer Bell in court. Yeah, it was Stringer Bell, so it had to be too. Remember that, and it was like a oh, man's got a code. The man has code. Yeah, it's a yeah, famous scene. Yeah, that was when he was testifying against Stringer Bell. So yeah, it was season two. Yeah, that's exactly so, what it was. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch The Wire again. That that's definitely made seeing him. Hearing him, like, talk through sort of the experience of working through the wire and having these experiences makes me want to exp- – makes me want to experience yeah, that it. show yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. How about how about the conversation he had when he gets his script for season two and he realizes that it's all about the docs and it's all right. about the other side of Baltimore where it's all he's about like, Baltimore. what? He's like – He's like, what's going on? You know, he's looking at the script. He said he goes up to the office of uh, one of the writers, and he's like, what's going on? I thought this was going to be a black show, and why why we got all these white people in it? Why is this whole season about white people in the docks? Like, what's going on? What's going on? And it was beautiful, man, because this is what I loved about The Wire, is he said to him, like, trust me, we got to tell the whole story. If we just tell it, and we put you back on the uh, high rises or the low rises again, then the, then people will just like the story will just be another story about how you know the, the people in the ghetto does this to people in the ghetto and it you know they need to put pull themselves out and all of that and he's basically like trust me we got to tell the whole story. There's a lot of players here. There's a lot of people involved, and that to me like I never you know I hadn't really heard that conversation you know even any talk about that because that's the one thing i always loved about the wire is every season they were telling a different story you know what i mean like season one they introduce you to the problem you know like what 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 the actual you know issue was and then 
you know, season two, that's when the docs, they show you basically like the players. How's it getting in? How's it all happening? You know, and then you move on to season three, they show you the politics. And then my favorite season, season four, school. they show you the family structure, the schools, all of that, how all of that plays. And then five, you got the news and the media. It was just brilliant, man. It was brilliant. So to hear no, that just... in his book was like, oh, they really had a plan, man. This was really like, they really knew. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a great character for a reason. And it's a great show for a reason. And it is interesting to hear him reflect on that moment and realize that, like, it wasn't about him. Like, you know, and I would imagine like Omar was so charismatic in the show and so sort of beloved by the fans mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you can you can see why the actor of that would think that the show was about him. You know what I mean? Like, even mm -hmm. though he knows it's not about him, like you could see why he would think it was kind of about him. And then. Yeah. And then you realize like he just he just didn't he didn't he didn't know and then he knows and then he like looks back on his life and he goes like yeah it was it was a show about Baltimore it's a show about a larger I was just a character in a show and that that was cool for him to kind of like walk you through as the reader of the book that progression I enjoyed that yeah no that was a great point and then it you know just to hear him talk about like finding like 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 Snoop. How he was, you know, it just like happened and where he's just out and there's Snoop and somehow he just talks to the producers and boom, she's on the show. And I remember watching a, something on the show about how like a lot of the characters were just people from the neighborhood that they literally just like, yeah, that uh, this is an interesting character. I want you to be you, but on the show. You know what I mean? So like, he finds Snoop like he finds her. just like meets her and boom he you know next thing you know he's uh she's now major role season three she's Snoop Marlowe's hitman like it's just dope it, it, the story like why listening to him reminisce of uh of those times and all it's just it's just dope it, it like was I was so excited when he goes chapter seven you know and it's like um, Omar from the, you know and he's talking about it I was like oh man this is so these last three chapters were awesome yeah yeah and I think it was actually chapter 10 Omar just is that with chapter 10 but, All yeah. Right. Yeah. 10, yeah 10 and less 10, 10, 11, 10 and 11 12 yeah but so chapter 10 Omar yep yeah and you just and and you really got to experience like uh, you know I don't know anything about being a star and certainly don't want to be one right That that's not Agreed. anything that's in my path but it was interesting to sort of hear him talk about like the the sort of moments of transition of like I got this I I got this role I got this opportunity I went to to Baltimore and like heard people and listened to the way they talked so that I could bring some of that to the to the character and you know it was it was uh I, I don't know it was, it was neat to see him sort of progress and, and experience that it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. So as you're listening to this, are you finding it um, knowing, you know, I mean, you know what happens to him, right? 
how are you sort of resolving any of that in your head as you're listening to this? That a great question. Had that thought once he fell off the wagon again when he, you know, with season two in The Wire. And, it, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just like, wow, like, this was really like a lifelong battle for him. Like, and the sad part is, is I'm waiting for like that time where he just clean. And I know it because I know the ending of the story. But like, I was so disappointed when you hear in season two, he falls off and he's back, you know, smoking crack again. And like, even though I know the ending of the story, I still was like, I'm still rooting for him to be like sober for the rest of his life and go on and live this. Like I've, I've somehow separated the, the truth of like what happened to Michael K. Williams. And while I'm listening to this book, I'm still hoping for like a, a different ending or like this guy try, you know, had this triumph of like clean living, no drugs. And he went on and had this family and everything was great. And, you know, he's still with us today. And uh, so it keeps hitting me every time he falls off the wagon. I keep going like, damn it, mate. Like, come on, man. You had everything going for you. Yeah, I think I'm about gonna... it. I think about it a lot like Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams movies. You know, him as the genie in Aladdin. Like, I, I love Robin Williams. And I always yeah. did. And uh, and then one day he hung himself, you know. And, like, he had been very public for most of his career about the fact that he's, like, you know, depressive and goes through periods and blah, 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 right? Um, and then one day he just hung himself, you know? And you think, like, dude, you're Robin Williams. <laughs> you're like, can you imagine? A, like, he's one of the big, you know, he's one of the biggest stars, you know, not ever, yeah. but like, but like, no, he's, he's an, an icon. He's in, when he was, yeah, he's an icon. He's, he's a rarefied icon. air. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and, uh, and then he just hung himself because he still wasn't happy, you know. And you, and it's hard to it's hard to square up this person that can bring you a lot of joy, just like Omar, right? Like this character was so well embodied and and so sort of counter to everything, you know. And you had such a, an empathy, and you were rooting for him. And then you're reading this book, and you're rooting for him. And then just like Omar, you know, who who dies with no ceremony. You know, um, this dude just, he just died with no ceremony. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he died yeah. just like so many other people, <laughs> you know, like that, like, Oh, well, if that, you take that, this risk, this, this is what sometimes happens. That's the reality of, of life is that, you know, the, the reality of it is, is we, we all, no matter how much wealth you have, or how many things you have, or how much wealth you don't have or things you don't have. At the end of the day, we're, we we all are human. And we're all susceptible to all the, you know, human emotions and, and, and traits and, and dealing with all of the, the tough stuff from the inside, right? Like the mental stuff, the, you know, all the stuff in your heart, every everything. We're, we're all, you know, susceptible to all of that. And so no matter how much someone has, like in Robin Williams' case, it doesn't mean that they still aren't struggling 
internally with who they are or whatever. Sometimes having so much and being in the limelight adds so much more pressure on you having to be something that you may not be or may not want to be. And it just hit his boiling point. You know what I mean? And people do drugs for different, for all types of different reasons. Some people do drugs because they got too much money. They have everything they want and they just want excitement in their life. You know, where sometimes you have the total opposite side of that, where you don't have anything and you're drowning in your sorrows and you do drugs to escape your actual life. You know, both are an escape of the reality that you live in, but they're for two opposite reasons. So, you know, listening to the book, the one thing that I'd say keeps being present in this book is that everybody in life needs... I call them like, you know, hype men. You know, in your life, you need you need hype men or women, whatever, right? Like everybody needs a flavor flave, and without without that, without that, you look at all the times where he fell into his spiral. All of a sudden, his version of flavor flave comes out. Whether it's Robin, whether it's. Uh, the guy who got him, I the, the acting is, role, uh, yeah. yeah, the Philly guy. Whether it's you know, um, later, you just uh, name it. Later, the the brothers, the brothers, and these, you know, the Hill brothers. You know, so he just keeps telling the stories of like when he's at his low. Time and time again, there's someone there to hype him up and say, "Yo, you could do, you could be more than this. You can be better than this. You're great." You know, you're you're great. Your your potential is unlimited. Like, there's always somebody there to be like the hype band to push them up and to motivate them. And uh, we all need that. No matter how much we think, you know, we get everything on our own from out the mud. Nobody helped us. This, this. Man, everybody, everybody has to have a hype man or woman on the side of them. Humans are community animals. You know, like you. You don't, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stories of you go it alone, but that's just not reality, right? Like, it's just not how, not how people work. Um, nope. So. That's how yeah. you crash and burn, ain't it? That's, yeah. That's how I mean, you, you end it quickly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you can, you can go for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can, you can go on for, for a minute, but uh, it won't last. Nope. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So yeah. I was listening to this other podcast and they were talking about um lebron and the reebok contract that was offered to him when he graduated high school mm-hmm, day after mm-hmm. day after maybe the day of i don't know but he tells the story he was like i was sitting in the largest boardroom largest table i'd ever sat at in my whole life and lebron didn't grow up with money right <laughs> lebron grew up with not a lot of money a lot of hype you know, in his mm-hmm. last couple of, in his last couple of years, the last three years of his high school career, but um, and they offered him ten million dollars for some amount of year, ten million dollars a year for ten years or something like that. At uh, oh yeah, I do remember that. It was the hundred million dollar contract. They yeah. they offered him a hundred million dollar contract at eighteen, and uh, they were like, you know, here you go, sign it. And he was like, wow, this is great. Let me get back to you. Um, and I think about that in this context of like everybody needs a hype man. 
sort of this, like he realized in that moment that he needed to go alone to get out of that room, right? Like he didn't have anybody. He didn't have an agent yet. He didn't have anything. He was offered $100 million. That's more money than you could possibly imagine. That, you know, it's a lifetime's worth of money. That's how much money that is. And somehow he had the wherewithal, right? In that brief window of, of time to say, well, if you're going to offer me that, then who's going to, what's Nike going to offer? You know, he had that moment to think. But then, since then, he's surrounded himself with huge amounts of people that help him, you know, that help him with everything. Because in a moment, maybe he can make the right decision, right? In that moment, you can make it and you go like, oh, let me check out what Nike's got. If, if these guys are offering me 100, they might offer me 200, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, props to him for seeing that moment. But then also, second second level is props to him for realizing, you know, I need to get people around me that can help me make all these complicated decisions, you know? Because you can't do that every time. You'll just fail. Look at AI, right? Like, AI spent all his money, and the only reason he's okay is because one person took care of him once and was like, here's how the Reebok contract's going to work. And so now he's got a lifetime worth of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise it's all gone for AI. Yeah, uh-uh, totally. And I say with with LeBron, you know, he, yo, he is the, what he's done is the epitome of team. Like, he's put together arguably one of the strongest teams and crews that, like, you know, one that we see on the forefront. Like, I, you know, I, I'm sure there's people behind, like, Warren Buffett and, like, you know, I'm sure he's got, like, his squad of guys from his childhood or went to school with or whatever or started in the industry with at an early age. But from what we see, that's, like... His name's know, Charlie Munger, by the way. See, Charlie Munger. There you go. <laughs> so that's the maverick to LeBron. You know, is, is uh, Warren Buffett's Charlie Munger, see? You know, so... Um, but you you see it, and all of these great people, man, they they have so like a team behind them, and not just a team that they're feeding, but a team that like they allow people to do what their expertise is. Like, yeah, come on, be on be on my team, but you know what is it that you're gonna bring? Like, what like I don't just need someone to hold my bag. Like, I, like like what is it that you do? What what is it that that you are? bring to the table and then those guys just like LeBron went out and became an, an an expert at basketball Maverick went out and became an expert in business you know and and, and you know same thing with Rich Paul and all these guys <coughs> they all went out and became experts in their thing yeah and then they put together this conglomerate same thing like Jay-Z and his crew they all went out and became experts yeah, or, 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 or Will, Will Smith and his crew, right? exactly. I mean, just like, like at, at his book, and, yeah. And you see, time and time again, you know that there there is a public face to these things, right? I, mean, I, I think that book Will was illuminating to me because it never occurred to me. It just literally never because I, I never thought about famous actors in that way, right? But mm-hmm. you know, then I was like, oh yeah, I guess they're, you know, they are a product and they're managing their product, so. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, you know, it's great. Even with with hearing with Michael K. Williams, as we learn more about him, like they're just a lot of times they are just the face, yep. and the actual the machine behind them. It's like 
Will's great, but without uh, not Charlie. Well, Charlie too, Jeff sure. too, but sure. his manager. Without his manager, and the brilliance of his manager, I can't remember his manager's name right now. It's yeah, killing but, me. But, deciding that it, like, no, nah, don't take this movie. Take this movie over here. Exactly. Like his role is equally, if not more important than Will's. Like, he was literally, like, without that guy, and he was Will's biggest cheerleader. He was Jeff's biggest cheerleader. Like, that's what he did. And it was because of what his, what he was willing to do to sacrifice himself. Like, he didn't want, he didn't have to be the front man. Like, he was cool being in the back. But he knew that, like, all right, this is going to be my role in this team. You know, I'm not going to get the spotlight. I'm not going to get the shine. But I know how valuable my role is and how pivotal my role is. He saved their asses, what, at least two to three times, like legit, maybe more. Probably that's just in the book alone, three times in a book alone. You know, think of the countless other times where he's like, hey, save their asses. Yeah, I can think of one time where he wasn't there and he should have been. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <Will>. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but I mean, you know, that that that's the one thing that I'd say is uh, – is is important and you see in a book man is you need you need that you need people on your side man you need some cheerleaders you need some some hype men you need people that's going to tell you how great you are even when you're at your lowest moment um you know and and that's how great people are built every great person had that every you know person living out their dream has had that well it's important to remember also like you know you and i are both pretty lucky right in that in that we have managed to um, land in a position in life where like you know we often sort of say to each other yeah, we've, we've already won you know what I mean like, we've already pretty much won so now the question is like what to do with the fact that you've won right like my, my life is successful your life is successful right like there's still still a lot of race to run let's hope but and so the question is like are you remembering to you know help the next person up are you are you mentoring up some you know, a guy who's becoming a mate so that he can work his way up at the job and like those kinds of things, you know, so that that's a key part of it too, because look at Michael K. Williams story, right? Like he would be home with his life messed up and someone would go reach in and grab him and be like, yes. I remember, I remember that you have this talent and I haven't heard from you in a while, but you're the right person in this moment. So that's totally true. Agree. Leave it at that. For sure. So how about uh, 2400? Anything going on? Yeah, yeah. So we got uh, October 21st, October 22nd. We have back-to-back little events. Uh, You know, we're doing some, 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 some cooking. I guess you can call it catering. Not quite the same way. Uh, as we've done before, we're just making up some stuff for some people for some some events that they have, and then just dropping all you know, dropping some trays trays right. off of the things that they want. Um, and then uh, the 18th of November, we got another one of those. But yeah, you know, it, right now we're just answering the phone. You know, the, the 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 DMs are coming through where people are inquiring about different things, and you know, just to stay active, where where we get it, we get a a hey you guys do this we just drop a little we just respond with a yes just because right now we're in limbo um you know so at this point just traction in general is good and then we're just figuring things out you know we're at the 
our season and supply is starting to come a little down a little bit low. Um, so we're, we're, we're contemplating whether we re up, whether we start fresh, whether we, you know, make a turn, like we, so I'll make this update and then I'll close out the episode. He said, uh, Vernon, Vernon just texted me and said, the power went out raining like hell over here, but we're good. You're going to have to tell them where they can find us. So you find us at the processes, black and white.com. Uh, or look us up on any social media. Just search for The Process is Black and White, and we'll come right up. We'll talk to you next week. That's the end of this episode.